Welcome to the Always Never Right podcast, a podcast for Gen Xers who are getting to middle age and wondering just how the fuck that happened. I'm Jill Farrell. And I'm Gina Biggs. And tonight we are going to talk about work travel and how to make the best of it. We're both seasoned travelers and have done quite a bit of traveling and maybe me more so than Jill, but we decided it's a good time to talk about maximizing that. But before we do, of course, we have to discuss the beverage du jour. Jillian? Well, tonight we're talking, we're going to drink a classic cocktail. And by classic, I mean like this is literally one of the first cocktails. And so I got my history dark on when I was researching it. Um, And I want to share it with you because it's cool AF. So it was originally made by Sazerac French Brandy. You might have guessed from the name. It's called the Sazerac. That's right. Um, It originally had the French Brandy and Peychaud's Bitters. And it was really, really popular, and it was the first actually branded cocktail because it had the it had the uh, Sazerac brandy in it. Um, and then they kind of altered it and replaced the brandy with rye whiskey and added a dash of absinthe to it. But sometimes you'll find it when they have both brandy and whiskey in it, as in the case of the one that I made. Um, it was also the first time. This is the coolest thing that I thought actually. It was also the first time that they added, they used the measuring cup that's called a jigger, but it was then known as a coquette, which is where the word cocktail comes from. So thus, the world's first cocktail was born. And Jillian has imparted her knowledge upon the world, and we are all the better for it. Thank you, you so much. You absolutely are. You absolutely are. So basically, this cocktail is super easy. It's sort of like a glorified, like a glorified old-fashioned in some ways. You take the absinthe and you kind of run it around the inside of the glass and then kind of pour it out. So it's just a tiny little bit of absinthe, like an absinthe rinse. And you put some sugar, a little bit of water, the Peychaud's bitters, a little bit of Angostura bitters, and then you've got the rye whiskey and like a cognac or a brandy in it. And just kind of serve that up. And because it's basically just rye and cognac or rye and brandy, it's just a sipper, just like an old-fashioned and it's kind of delicious with just a little bit of absinthe flavor, I think. What do you think? Well, I uh, mine is from a slightly different uh, recipe because I'm actually on a work trip right now, hence the topic, very apropos of us. Yes. Um, but mine is made, uh, I got it at the hotel bar. So uh, mine's made with a rye whiskey, absinthe, sugar, and lemon. And uh, I, I really, really enjoy it. There's something about absinthe and citrus that goes really nicely together. Um, yeah, mine has a citrus twist. I forgot that part. Yeah. But I, I would be very interested in trying it with the cognac. But. I kind of like it. And since I discovered cognac, I actually found out that it goes really well in spaghetti sauce. <laughs> oh, nice. I deglaze the pan with spaghetti sauce. Like when I'm making like the onions and garlic and stuff like that and you get that really beautiful brown fond and then you just put like a shot of this cognac in there. That makes a really, really good spaghetti sauce. Oh, man. Two things. One, we're going to have to start a cooking show. Two, I got to get up and walk for a second because I've been walking in heels all day and my legs are cramping a bit. So pardon me for one moment. All right. Quick time out. Not bad, but I just knew I had to walk for a second. Right on. I'll eat my mac and cheese. Okay. It's literally all it needed. I um 
headed it off mostly before it hit full force. Feels suck. I know. Even though, okay, another quick shout out. Um, I bought a pair of Passionistas. Is that what you were wearing today? That's what I was wearing today. The Why ones not? with the removable heels that you can put the little heel caps on and you're walking in flat. So I walked, I couldn't get into the hotel where my conference is, so I had to walk three blocks to it. That sucks. Yeah. Especially in this weather. Is it cold there? Actually, that's not too bad. It's a, it's a nice mild fall day in Washington, D.C. I don't mind saying where I am because everything has a conference in Washington, D.C. Um, so cold. Washington, D.C. is fun. It is fun. Uh, so I had to walk three blocks there, and then I got there, and I put the heels on. But I had to walk a lot from seminar to seminar throughout the day. And then I left the heels on my Passionistas. But go to the website. They're the coolest thing, and I love them, and they're amazing. And I don't know why the hell no one made Passionistas earlier than this. I would have been buying them for 20-odd years had I known. The world wasn't ready. Apparently not. I was, but the world wasn't, and I'm not enough of a consumer to float a whole company unless it makes right. But you're way ahead of your game. You know, you're way ahead of the of the curve. True. And I do like um, sitting there in front of everyone, taking my shoes off, twisting the heel off, putting the heel cap on, and then taking off. It made me it's feel like, later, suckers. I know. It's kind of like ordering a Blanton's at Hotel Bar. You feel like a total badass. Anytime you order any kind of special whiskey or something, people look at you like you know something they don't know. I know. So speaking of making the most out of work travel, before we recorded, I went down to the hotel bar, which they had Blanton's. It was lovely. I know. So I ordered my dinner to go and I got a couple of drinks to go to bring up to the room for recording. But while I was waiting for all that, I noticed they have Blanton's. Oh, it's <laughs> fucking Blanton's. <laughs> and I impressed the shit out of everyone on, the, on my side of the bar and they were all talking to me. And they're like, oh man, so you like your bourbons, don't you? Well, I guess I do. I just didn't let them know that I only discovered them thanks to Jill and I'm so nervous. <laughs> I pretended I was totally a badass. And um, like, you're not pretending you are a badass. Oh, yeah, we established that in an earlier episode. I'm a fan. Duh. But uh, they're like, oh, so what's your favorite? And I'm like, honestly, Angel's Envy Ride. It'll always be number one, but Blanton's has the cachet because it's hard to get. But in a pinch, I'll drink enough at Jefferson's Ocean. And they're all like, ooh. And one guy at the bar said, well, what do you think of Johnny Walker Blue? And I'm like, it's number four on my list. And he's like, oh, <laughs> you are a badass. Yes, I am. Thank you. I think after our experience in Vegas, Johnny Walker Blue is a little lower on my list. I I was really excited to try it, and I get that it's scotch instead of regular bourbon, and and I definitely prefer bourbon whiskeys over scotch whiskeys, but I just it, it was kind of band aidy. Yeah, love it. I did I did really like it, and I appreciated it, but um, yeah, there there's a different. It's different. Um, but that was part of how I made the best of my work trip. I impressed some random people at a bar tonight. That's and, super fun. And I complimented the bartender, um, when he was checking me out, um, and giving me my check and everything. I was like, by the way, just so you know, I tend to judge a bar by whether or not they carry Blanton's and, uh, you guys pass. I also would have accepted Angel's Envy Ryan, Jefferson's Ocean, but you got the, uh, 
you get the highest tier there for having the Blanton sea soil. He was all, they pull it up. And he goes, thank you. We tried very hard to keep it in stock, but it's so hard to get. I can't always do it. And I'm like, well, I appreciate it. You have a fan. And I'm all, it is hard to get. <laughs> I was all tickled. So anyway. I actually scored a bottle last weekend. You bitch. I know. I just walked in. I went I went to several liquor stores looking for it. And I walked into this one liquor store to buy stuff because we were staying with my mom. Oh, uh, Rexy and I went up to stay with my mom. So I needed something, right? So I went in to get anything that they had. They didn't have anything amazing. They had some pretty good just general stuff. And I went one day and we bought it. And, and the three of us kind of almost finished it off. So I went to get another bottle. But I went to another liquor store because it was closer to her house. And I had asked at the first liquor store and they laughed at me. They're like, ha, 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 no. <laughs> so, but they said, but you might check this other liquor store. So I literally just stopped at that other liquor store just to see. And I walked in and said, do you have this? And they're like, no. And looked at me like I was stupid. And I'm like, okay, bye. And uh, so I happened to be at this other tiny, like a pretty small liquor store that didn't have a huge selection even. And I was checking out with my bottle of Bullet Rye, which is pretty respectable. I I like the Bullet Rye pretty well. And said, how lucky would I be if you happen to have someplace buried in the back a bottle of Blanton's? And there was two guys standing there. And the one guy looked totally confused. And the other guy's like, oh, we can do that. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> And he's like, yeah, give me a second. And he just like went to the back and he came back out with the box, like with the box and it had the plants. And I'm like, oh, holy shit. Wow. Well, I will say that still fits the theme of the episode. You go into your mom's and score in Blanton's because while by the strictest definition, going to your mom's doesn't qualify as a work trip, by a truly honest definition, Going to visit your mom qualifies as a work trip. It's yeah, work. it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. She was actually on her best behavior this time. She, we had a nice time, Rexy and I. Oh, good. good. We dropped Millie. Like Millie's other dad came and picked her up on the first day, and and uh, so she was down visiting him and his wife for a couple of days, and then we stopped and um, picked her up on our way to visit. Um, Aunt Irene, we were taking my mom down to stay with her for a couple of days and, uh, it was Aunt, Aunt Irene's birthday and her daughter, Irene also has a birthday that day. And so we took them both out for lunch at a really good barbecue place and had a nice lunch. And then we like, we're like, peace out. And we like totally dumped my mom off and we're like, totally took off. So that was nice. And then we went and had lunch with my sister and her husband was there, but he didn't have, he didn't have dinner with us because, um, yeah, we had dinner, not lunch. Cause we already had lunch. We had dinner with my sister and, um, he couldn't go. He was just not feeling well. Oh, that's too bad. I, I gotta admit that, that I gotta on your sister. I will always remember your sister and the day 15, 20 years ago that we uh, were going to go shopping in a major metropolitan area not far from us. And we pulled up by the house where she was living and 
she's this tall, willowy, blonde, blondish redhead. And she was standing there and she was stamping her feet because there was snow out. But I'm like, look at your sister stamping her foot like a petulant supermodel. I know. Um, I think of that sometimes, too. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I think of her, I think petulant supermodel. So I know. I know. (laughs) So... But yeah, work travel. Work travel's fun, isn't it? I'm on a work trip right now. And so I'm sitting in a hotel room, just had some flatbread, got my Sazerac on my forehead now for no real apparent reason other than it seemed like a hip thing to do. Um, had to socialize all day, so I'm a little exhausted. That's so but hard. It is hard. And I had to, because once again, I'm at a conference that involves a lot of... Um, a highly male-dominated profession. I felt like, because of my short hair, I had to wear a dress. And tomorrow, I'm wearing a skirt suit. So I had to wear heels, hence the leg cramps earlier. And, I'm, you know, I, I remember 15-ish years ago, something like that, when I, I did a work trip. I had my first big corporate job, and I had to do a work trip. And um, I'm like, oh, wow. I'm an adult now. I'm doing adulty things. Look at me. I'm traveling for work. I had to take an airplane. I'm sitting in an airport having breakfast. <laughs> wow, I'm an adult. And now I'm like, oh, fuck this. I'm tired. I'm going to go home and go to bed. Yep. My first work trip, I was working um, for a pet food company, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> I know it's one, too. I know. And I, I, part. yeah. I was um, asked to go to a conference in New York City. And I was like, first of all, I had never been to New York at the time. I was like, this is scary. Second, it was my my first time ever traveling for work. And I was broke as fuck. I had no money. I was like, how's this even going to work? I don't have any money to eat. I don't have money to stay at a hotel. I didn't know how that worked. And they're like, well, here's the company card. And here's this and here's that. And I was like, what? And they're like, your stipend per day is this much. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, well, that's how much you can spend on food. And I'm like, holy shit. Because it was like more than my weekly amount of money that I had for food normally. (laughs) It was like 60 bucks a day or something like that. I'm like, holy shit, 60 bucks a day? What am I going to eat? Gold? (laughs) Gold Think of that in my head, right? Think of that in my head. And then I'm going to like play it off like, okay, that's cool. I totally get it. You know, <laughs> I, that's hilarious. So before my big corporate job, I used to work for a, a governmental agency and they have tighter, um, tighter limits than corporate does. Mm-hmm. But even then I felt all fancy on work trips. And I figured out that the agency I worked for would give you $25 a day for food, no matter how much you actually spent. Yep. I would jam ramen noodles in my luggage and just hit with the hot eat with the hot pot in the room and collect the $25 and be able to pay more bills. You're so sad. I know, but you remember what I was like at that time? I yeah, I do. It. I do. <laughs> yeah, I was I mean, that was my very first work trip and I thought, "Holy shit, that's crazy." So, yeah. I guess I'm- I haven't done a lot of traveling for work. I went to, um, I got sent to Austin a few years ago for a week. And that was weird. Um, 
I went down and I went for a training class, but I was sick as fuck the day I left. I had been sick for a couple of days leading up to it. And I like when I thought I was getting sick, I went to the doctor immediately because I'm like, I'm leaving on Monday. I've got to go to this thing. And he's like, you have a sinus infection. I'm like, duh. <laughs> I'm like, give yeah. me some z pack man. And it was New Year's Eve. And he's like, oh, nobody's going to give you z pack I'm like, yes, you are going to give me z pack <laughs> So I had that and I felt like shit. And I slept the whole way down there. And then somebody picked me up. Oh, it was the lady who was, I've talked a little bit about rotations and how it's kind of like an internship. So it was the lady who was, um, the rotation manager, she was arriving at the same time I was, and she had a car and I was like, they had asked me if I wanted a car. I'm like, no, why would I do that? I don't want a car in some place I've never been before. I don't know anything about that. Of course that was even before like GPS was huge. Like everybody had GPS. Scary. So yeah. I remember anytime when I worked for the government, anytime I could get a rental car, I got the rental car because it was guaranteed even though it was a government rental, it was guaranteed to be better than my personal car. True. But I would rather just like hitch a ride with somebody or take a taxi. I don't love driving places that I don't know, except this was sort of a work trip. It wasn't for my actual employer, but do you remember on our trip to San Francisco, I was technically working. We rented a car through Silver Car, which is an amazing car rental place. Oh my gosh, yes. That, yeah. Always, every car there is an Audi. I know, and I remember, we drove, what's it called, the Pacific Highway or whatever? Yeah, Pacific Coast Highway, Highway 1 or something. Yeah. Super oh, fun. That was amazing. I'm like, ooh, I'm just, I'm going to watch pretty scenery. Ooh. I'm you gonna, weren't happy. No, we got the video to prove it. You weren't like, "Ooh, this is fun." We got the video to prove it. You're going, "Oh my god! Ah, look out! Oh shit! Ah!" Yeah, okay, so I kind of forgot there was video evidence about that. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll include that as a bonus episode one time. Yeah, do you want to see Gina freak the fuck out? <laughs> Here it is. And yeah, I was I like going like 22. I know, but that highway's fucking scary. It is scary. It is scary. But it was super fun to drive on. Oh, so I remember switching to the corporate world and in the corporate world, we didn't get the per diem anymore. It was just whatever you spent on food, they paid you back for food, which I was all really, because in some ways that was very freeing. I didn't have to pack ramen noodles anymore. I knew I wasn't going to make money on the trip, but I didn't need to as bad going poor corporate. But, um, I also like, if I was in Las Vegas and had to pay Las Vegas prices for things, people didn't bat an eye. I'm like, really? Um, and I still remember when I was asking if I could go on a trip, I asked my boss at the time, okay, so what's the approval process I have to go through in order to go to DC for this one conference? And he goes, well, first you go to the website. I'm like, okay. Then you enter your credit card number. I'm like, okay. And then you hit submit. Okay. And he had looked at me like I was the biggest idiot and like, you're corporate now. You just fucking sign up for it. Is that what happens? Oh, okay. So I was sitting there. I was totally not tracking. I'm like, yeah. And then. No shock. It was, it was craziness. So um, he felt, uh, he felt comforted because he knew I'd never take advantage of that process. Sure. So, 
because <laughs> I was too fucking scared to. Um, but okay, shifting wildly. Uh, in that same job, though, there reached a point where I had to travel on a weekly basis. That sucks. And it was daily, which means you don't get reimbursed for food. And uh, I think we've established on many occasions I'm a cheap-ass bitch. So, Why wouldn't you get reimbursed for food if you're traveling daily? Well, it was just for a day. I wasn't. You had to be gone overnight to get reimbursed for your food. Because they assume... Because uh, they just figure you can just take it with you if you want. Yeah, but you know, realistically, on an airplane, you can't entirely, or I would have. Trust me, that's the kind. I know of you would have. You're a cheap ass <laughs> bitch. I am, but what I discovered was, if I had a certain type of American Express card, I could get into the free Delta Lounge in this airport. So I would go there, and they'd always have these free snacks. So I would go there. I'd show my American Express card and my Delta Airlines ticket. And I would sit there and I go nuts on the free snacks. And then I'd set up in one of the little business cubicles and I get all kinds of work done because no one knew where the hell I was. Nice. Um, and usually I'd always get a ticket that meant I left at six in the morning and would get home at five at night. But I knew the stuff would finish at noon, which would give me a good four hours in that Delta lounge to get all the work done that I was backed up on. And, but um, you had to leave at six in the morning, which meant you had to be at the airport at four. Yeah, well, if you're not checking luggage at the airport I live near, I could get there at five, swing in, get on the airplane. I can now legit fall asleep while taxiing um, on the tarmac because wow. it's I, I sit down in a plane and it's like, just boom, all the memories hit in. I fall asleep. I wake up right before landing. Um, now, I will say um, in this particular airport, there's a TGI Fridays. And the point at which I knew I had to get rid of that job was when I um, would show up and the TGI Fridays waitresses would meet me with a cup of coffee and a glass of water and go, good morning, Mrs. Biggs. Are we having the usual today or having a different breakfast? Oh, and I'm like, but at least they always know I'm having the coffee and the water, so I need a new job. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, that's I remember the first couple times I went up there, I remember even Facebooking. Oh, my gosh, I'm an adult now. Look at me. I'm like, woohoo. And then by the time I left that job, I'm like, my soul is dead. Someone <laughs> else, please hire me. <laughs> I know the TGI Friday ladies will miss me, but I'm done. <laughs> And <laughs> bye TGI Fridays. Hmm. So see ya, Cynthia. Yeah, that was when my son was maybe five, six years old, and one yeah. night I was actually home for dinner, and he goes, "Oh, mommy's here for dinner," and I'm all, "Yeah, I'm wasting my life. <laughs> so, this is not good." No. When you're in your office four non-consecutive days in a 30-day span, you're like time to look for something new but anyway. yeah that's a good that's a good yeah I think yeah. that's good but work travel can have its benefits I will note the Vegas trip um the first part of Vegas was work trip for me sure so, it wasn't it was, for me no but I did work while I was there so that technically is a work trip and we made the most of that no, didn't we it's not technically a work trip it's only a work trip if you're traveling because you're supposed to because work told you to. That's a work trip. Oh, that's true. But I did learn a lot, and it was worth it. 
It would but be technically a working vacation for me. Ah. Well, that's, that's pathetic. That is pathetic. Dude, what the fuck happened? Back to our tagline. What the fuck happened? <laughs> Damn it. Oh, I, only worked half a, I only worked for like part of the day, though. No, that, that's true. That's true. And then you gambled the last half. I know. I did good, though. Go you. Oh, but, but yes, I'm, I'm at another conference and it's a very another very valuable conference and I'm learning a ton. Good. It's good. But I'm also making the most of it. Because like I said, the first thing I did was check and see if my hotel bar had Blanton's. Because if it did, I knew I'd have a good trip. I think that's completely a good standard to have. I mean, you have to have standards. Yeah. And also the nature of my work trips, I, with very rare exception, I will run into the same people over and over again. And I've, I've built some really fun friendships over this time, which is good when you can do that, when you can turn your work trips. And we know socializing for me is not the easiest thing. No, oh, you suck at it. I do. I really do. But when you can turn these things into, I know I'm going to go to this conference and hug at least three people. Ooh, three hugs. That's I, a lot of hugs for you. One of them is even a hug with a kiss on the cheek. <gasps> I know. And I'm all not about that level of contact, but um, this person is one of the few people like you and him are two of the few, uh, two of the people I will make that kind of exception for. Wow. I know. I think the last time I traveled for work, it was only kind of traveling for work. My boss lives in Idaho, and he was going to be in Austin. And we, Rexy, who lives here in Dallas, we made arrangements to go down to Austin when he was going to be there and meet him in person, because we'd never done that. So we kind of had a meeting with him and so it's kind of work but wasn't official work kind of thing so we just did like an overnight but we also got to meet um, another teammate of ours who's on the same team with that same boss so we each have teams that we manage and teams uh, a team that we are on and it's kind of hard to distinguish those two there's like my team that I manage and my team that I'm on and you know I call it my core team so met another person that was on our core team that was also meeting the boss for the first time. And we got to meet some other people who had come from other parts of the country that we knew, you know, their faces and had talked to them, but had never met them in real life. So that was kind of nice. Oh, cool. But are there any things that you do every time you go on a work trip just to either, that you specifically do to make the most of it or to make sure you have fun while you're doing it? Um. I always check and see what movies are for rent on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> but no, not really. I just, um, whenever I have a work trip, I always ask for an upgrade on my flight if I can. Um, I always ask for an upgrade at the hotel if I can. You know, because if you ask nicely, sometimes you get that upgrade to the club floor. Yeah. I will ask for, um, you know, I just ask for nice things. And if I can do things that are excellent, then I will. And depending on the hotel I'm staying in, I'll take advantage of whatever luxuries they have. Like if it happens to be a hotel with a bath butler, I will absolutely call the bath butler. <laughs> the bath butler. Oh, my gosh. I can't remember what episode that was, but 
I've got to find a place for the bath butler at some point. I know. I only know of one. Maybe we can go down there and stay sometime, the two of us. Sounds like a plan to me. It won't be a work trip, but it'll still be valuable. Heck yeah. Unless we write it off as a podcast. I don't know. Maybe we could do that. Maybe we could do that. Anyway, any uh, IRS agents listening? It's a valid expense. Fight me. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I know some things I do um, when I have enough time on my luggage. I bring my crochet with me because crochet helps me relax. Oh, good. Um, so I will sit there and sometimes just sit and crochet. Um, right now, another big thing I do is I always, and I've, I've told Sarah this. I told my past boss, Tim, this. Um, I will one night, one night for sure, I am going to treat myself to room service. Because if I can sit there and watch TV and eat room service and fall asleep with my food around me on the bed. Yeah, I don't have to. Um, Room service is awesome. And it doesn't cost any more than food at the hotel bar. I know. And I'm always conscientious. Um, The vast majority of the time, I I tip room service. But 75% of the time, I tip in cash so it doesn't go on my corporate card. Um. Cause so I was like, you tip 75% because you started out. I tip room service 75% of the time. Yeah, I really could have phrased that better. Uh, I, was I was like, holy shit, room service makes out by you. <laughs> I well, I mean, and, and you know, I always try to, I try to, I do try to be good when I'm um, on work trips. If my taxi cab driver is really good, if I'm in a chatty mood, if he chats with me nicely, uh-huh. Without going into some weird ass topic that I'm like, what the fuck? Um, or if they if they can tell I want to be left alone and then and they leave me alone, you're getting a 25 percent tip. So because yeah. if you chat with me when I'm obviously in a pissy mood and I want you to stay away, I'm sorry, you're getting the base 15. I can't go higher than that. So, um, but I will be generous with room service when I'm in a particularly pissy mood. <laughs> Or when I'm in a particularly good mood. Um, but one thing I always make sure to do, and I'm doing it on, on this trip. Most of the time, I like for um, uh, housekeeping to come in and clean up my shit. This Same. Trip, this trip, though, I really want to be left the hell alone. So I'm leaving my do not disturb sign on the door at all times. I'm going to leave a $15 tip at the end because I know the room is going to be a pit by the time I'm done, but the privacy, the complete and utter privacy and not feeling like I have to put things away in a certain way because we know I'm all about, Oh my gosh, what is socially um, required of me? I'm going to make sure I do it. And which just stresses me out more and I don't want that stress. So I'm going to leave a bigger tip than usual because I'm going to leave a bigger mess than usual, but so that I have more peace in the three days that I'm here and there we go. But always tip your housekeeper is what I'm saying. That's really the whole point of that. And I yeah, went on a complete tangent. For sure. And to the extent you can che- uh, tip the people who are checking you in, do it. Because they will be even nicer to you on check-in. Yeah. Sometimes they won't allow you to. But if you can, definitely do. Mm-hmm. That's part of the reason why I'm on a club level now. Look at you. Fancy. I uh, know. Look at me. I'm not making use of it, but I know it's there if I want to. So. Well, if you can always, it's always good if you can use points too. Mm. 
travel points are the bomb. I have travel points for like every major hotel chain and every major airline. I'm sure you do. Well, when we went to San Francisco. Yeah. All those trips I made to that one place with the Delta Lounge that I love yep. so much. Yep. Those paid for my round trip to San Francisco. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. No reason not to. I totally agree. Uh, and if you can do the credit cards that have the miles attached to it, and then you can use that. I mean, most workplaces will let you do that and then just submit the reimbursement and keep the points. I know, which is really awesome. And I think I think that's fair because you are giving up a lot to do a certain level of travel. And, and granted, they're paying you your paycheck. They're letting you eat, but you'd eat anyway. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, they're just offsetting you know, I wouldn't have spent this much to eat if I were at home because I would have been the cheap ass of the ramen noodles. So, right. <laughs> um, so it's only right they let me eat here. So if I can keep my points and get something out of the trouble from, of being away from my husband and my 11-year-old son and knowing that when I come home, my husband's going to be all clingy and my 11-year-old son's going to be all clingy. And the cats are going to be all clingy and I'm going to have to socialize even more when I get home than I do while I'm here. And it's going to be really overwhelming. I just yeah. Get fucking points. Yeah. You totally get points for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I've been gone a lot between our Vegas trip and then going up to visit my mom this weekend. The dog is just like right on me. Um, Millie was with me this weekend, but, uh, T had to stay here cause he had to work. And so I feel like I kind of owe him because he was here taking care of the house and all that stuff. So <laughs> I, there are two things. One, um, I think it's, uh, oh shit, I forgot what number one was. Two, I, lo- <laughs> I love T's Facebook updates. Day three without Jill. The pets are rebelling. I'm like, okay. <laughs> they were just cracking me up to no end. It was pretty um, I, funny. I know number one had to do with Millie. You got some good quality time, quality time with Millie, which was yep. awesome. Um, but uh, she had to deal with Stick, and you had to deal with Stick, and you had to deal with your mom, so that was still work. Millie actually knocked herself out with one of her ticks. She literally knocked herself unconscious oh. and got a concussion. No way. Oh, poor thing. Yeah, it sucked. But oh, she's better now. Bless her heart. She has so. a new, she's a new amazing tick. That is, what the fuck? I'm a clam. <laughs> I really shouldn't laugh, but I gotta laugh. No, it's, she loves it when we laugh. She loves it when we <laughs> laugh at her ticks. That's a really good one. It's from the song Earth by um, Little Dicky. Okay, I'll dissect Little Dicky later. Um, yeah, you need to listen to the song Earth, because what the fuck? I'm a clam, is from that. And then she's got another one. Shoot you out my butthole. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's another one. Oh, Millie. So, yeah, she knocked herself out, and that was kind of suck. But um, at least she was at Stick's house. And um, Stick's wife used to be a doctor ish kind of person she's like medically trained and all that stuff she's like a physician's assistant so she can she was able to you know kind of help her out and all that stuff and even though she 
you know, on some levels, I really like her on other levels, given things that I've learned. I'm like, hmm, but Gransky, she's a pretty good person. We'll have to do an episode at some point about ex-spouses remarrying and the conflicted thoughts we have about the spouse, because I'm with you. There's things about. It's hard, right? It's hard because there are things you're like, oh, my gosh, thank you. And the other things you're like, what the fuck? So it's hard anyway. But I'm judgy. So, you know, that probably. Same. (laughs) But okay, so work trip. Do you have a favorite airport? Yes. You know where my favorite airport to fly in and out of has ever been? Kansas City. (laughs) That's the. Easiest airport on the planet. We have to um, really discuss our respective definitions of easy. It's so easy to get in and out of. Like you can drive there, just park your car, you get to your gate, you're there, you're done. That part's good, but if you have to go to the bathroom, there's bathrooms right there. There's bathrooms right there by the gate. They've changed that? Yep. Okay, that's how much I fly through there. I do know they're getting ready to do this whole restoration thing. On yeah, huge remodel. I don't know what that's going to do. What's your least favorite airport? I want to mention my favorite first. Okay, I, I let me guess. Mm-hmm. Minneapolis. I love the Minneapolis airport. They have an Aveda. They have a Leatherworks. They have a decent sushi and not like a gas station equivalent sushi restaurant. Minneapolis is a nice airport. It really is. Oh, my gosh. I still have a leather bag I I bought at the uh, Leatherworks there that is just phenomenal, and it's held up for ages. So, yeah. What's your least favorite airport? O'Hare. Same. I hate O'Hare. O'Hare sucks rocks. Oh, my gosh. If you get stuck in O'Hare and um, your flight is delayed, and your the flight you're supposed to be on left at 10 o'clock at night or later, you're spending the night at the fucking airport. Yep. And it's ridiculous. And if you ever have to fly into New York, don't go to LaGuardia or JFK. Fly into Newark because it's cheaper, and it's just as good an airport, and you can get as many flights in and out of there, and it's even just as cheap to get into the city from Newark, and it's faster. You know what really confounds me about LaGuardia? What? It is essentially Chicago O'Hare, but with a level of grease. And yet somehow I go through LaGuardia again before I go through O'Hare. Ugh, I don't know. LaGuardia stinks. LaGuardia is really heinous, but I would still take it over O'Hare. I don't know why. You know another airport I really like? Honolulu. Well, it has a um, it has a distinct advantage there, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it doesn't have any windows. It's all really? like open, and there's like breezes and stuff. I mean, it may not be the same case anymore, but the last time I was there, it had these like beautiful breezes that fly through, and it's just oh, it's amazing. Nice. Um, well, I have to say, I I obviously fly international from time to time to time, thanks to John yep. Britt. Yeah. And uh, Nina studying internationally. My favorite international airport of all places. Well, it's kind of a tie between two. It's definitely not O'Hare. Um, but believe it or not, uh, okay, Charlotte 
is awesome. They have a great customs um, okay. uh, setup. It's really easy to get through, and it's a very nice airport. But believe it or not, of all fucking things, I love the Detroit airport. Detroit's got a pretty good airport. It really does. It's very I like nice. the Detroit airport. It's easy to get around in. I like their little underground train thing. Yes. I know. It's it's phenomenal. It You wouldn't think Detroit would be like the king of airports. and yet, Seattle has a pretty nice airport, too. I've never been to the Seattle one. Yeah, SeaTac's pretty nice. Cool. I almost did because I was interviewing for a job in Seattle, but I decided not to go past the um, phone interview. I'm glad you didn't go. Me too. Seattle's far away. It is very far away. But so. Seattle's beautiful. You would love it out there. Mm, I have we a should take a trip out there. We should take a trip out there. And I would love to take a trip to D.C. because I got to admit, I love Washington, D.C. I totally agree. I really enjoy Washington, D.C. And it's so different than it was 25 years ago when I interned here. Yeah, it's a lot different. I want to experience it again through a new lens. But that'll involve not being here on a work trip. Yeah. Not that I don't love these work trips, but I'm also kind of, I'm over this I, I, I'm over certain levels of work travel. I'm just over it. I'm too old. You know what? You might have been there at the same time I was there. Really? Yeah. Oh you would have been interning and I was just there for like a long workshop. I was there for like three weeks, but still, we might oh. have been there at the same time. That's so cool. I, I know, right? We were so meant to meet. It's crazy. That's crazy awesome. I think I've exhausted my work trips. I haven't been on very many. I really haven't. And you have done lots of the same trip over and over. <laughs> oh, that's true. Every once in a while I get something new. Okay, I don't know if it counts as new to say, I've only been to Vegas five times for work. <laughs> Two other times, one was for fun, one was for marriage. So you know. Yeah. That doesn't count. Although, does it count if my entire office apparently set up a a special room for everyone to watch my wedding? No. That's not a work trip. Why would that count? It wouldn't. I'm just being a bitch. (laughs) You just want to get that in there. I just wanted to get that in there. Because best wedding ever. (laughs) It was a pretty Um, good wedding. It was. I've been to San Francisco only once for work. I've only been there once ever. It was only kind of for work. Because ah. I was working as a minister. Because <laughs> well, I'm a minister. You're a minister. You married bears in the woods. And I think I that's did. awesome. And, you know, but I remember after the Great Whale Song incident of 1999, I literally did not know if you met gay men or if you met fucking physically bears. Because... <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm positive she means she has two very good gay men friends who she's married in the woods. But you never know. There's that inkling of doubt Just in the back of my head. Just a tiny little bit. Could be anything. Could be anything. She Knowing Jill, it could be just about anything. That's about right. Um, but I went, I did go to San Francisco one other time um, shortly after that. But I had torn my meniscus at a... Um, I remember that. Did I tell you how I tore my meniscus, by the way? Do tell. I took Nina 
to a um, a haunted, uh, quote unquote, haunted house park that had seven, seven different haunted houses in it. And as we were going through, I tripped and fell in one of them and tore my meniscus. But I didn't know it for a few months because I was a lot heavier at the time. So the doctor said, well, you're fat, lose some weight. I'm like, fuck you. This is not fat hurt. This is alfie, ouchie fucking fuck fuck hurt. So that I probably like, got. I hurt out. Ow, fat hurt every day. This is more than ow, fat hurt. I know. So Don't be a douche. So when I went to San Francisco for that trip, I couldn't go anywhere outside of the hotel. And I actually had to, at the airport, get taken by wheelchair off the plane and to the taxi stand. It was... Well, I told you that, you know, I know I've mentioned that for T's work, we used to take a trip once a year to Washington, D.C. to go to a work party for Christmas. And one year I had just had foot surgery, so I had my foot in a boot and they had to wheel me through, um, which airport was it? Logan? I don't know. One of the airports in Washington, D.C. It was Reagan. I think it was Reagan. Okay. No, I think it was Dulles. You're right. Dulles. So wheeled us through Dulles and, and, uh, Somebody is there and just pushing me on through. It was awesome. I know. I felt Whatever. So, I felt so bad. So I'm like five nine and a half. I used to be five ten. I'm still claiming five nine and a half. I've probably shrunk more than that. I'm five nine and a half. Thank you. I'm going with that. Um, and I was like way huge. And they sent like this little five foot three lady to push me through the airport. And the same. Elevator. They sent this like tiny little old grandma, and I'm like this. I felt like big old stupid head. I'm like, can I tip you? I really want to tip you because I feel really bad for what you just had to go through to get me here to the taxi stand. Let me give you money, please. I feel like I must recompense you for the back issues. I know you're going to have this. Yeah. Oh, but I digress. But yeah. I oh, drink on that one. Oh, darn. I drank on my drink already. I already drank my drink. Dranks, I'll drank. Drank. But, <sighs> yeah. Work, work, work travel is travel. Sometimes it is. it's fun. But it, it can be fun. You can really enjoy yourself. You can go to museums on days off, if you have days off, or if you have time off in the afternoons. Sometimes that totally works out. But mm-hmm. overall, you know, work travel is work travel. It's just work. Yeah. And it's, uh, I don't know, but the... the the dew dries off the lily awfully fast after um, a couple years of it. And not That's that true. Not that it's ever really a slog, but there are times when you're like, I want my bed. Yep. I always want my bed. <laughs> I want my bed. I, I have a really my, comfortable bed. Uh, I want my bed and my big, dumbass, fat-ass, Josie-ass cat with the big cyst on her eyeball who just sleeps on my head what? at night. What? That's gross. She has a cyst on her eyeball. Well, technically on the eyelid. Okay, that's um, less gross. But she's so Still old. Gross, but that's gross. She's so old. We're worried about putting her under anesthetic to have it removed. So I'm. We're just kind of dealing with the with the stuff. But she loves to sleep on my head at night. And um, I didn't realize. I I never realized until I'm gone how much. That purring while she's laying on my head actually is comforting and helps me sleep. 
yeah, well, that's kind of the thing. You don't realize that kind of stuff until it's not there. I know. Until there's a big, giant-ass, bitchy-looking 14-pound cat that sleeps on your head, suddenly isn't sleeping on your head. You don't realize how comforting that head Like, I miss my head cat. (laughs) I know. Pussy, whatever. I, I miss my big, bitchy pussy. Pussy. Pussy, pussy. Pussy, pussy. That's a lot of gross. And that kind of ooking me out. <laughs> I feel like we should finish on that. Yeah, maybe we should stop me before I make this worse. I do. I do think that's a thing. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, oh, I'm still kind of <laughs> ooked out by that. So, Whew. you know, we script very little of this whole thing. We script the very beginning. We script the very end. You never know what the fuck's going to happen in the middle. You just don't. And then sometimes when Gina gets a little too far, you're just like, oh, well, shit, she just said that. Um, all right. I so have thank you. Before this. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to us every week. The website's alwaysneverwrite.com. You can see the topics for every episode along with what we're drinking. There's also links to the Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, all that crap on the contact us page (laughs) and if you haven't already subscribed please consider it for us and maybe suggest it to your friends too and oh yeah and if you have time to leave us a wonderful review on apple Podcasts, the not so wonderful ones yeah you're putting that off go ahead and keep putting that off but if you have that off it's good it's good if you have a nice one leave us a review on apple Podcasts. wherever you listen it's much appreciated and it does help us get more visibility which um we're attention whores so please (laughs) please feed the addiction (laughs) so this has been another fully employed episode of always never right i'm jill and i'm gina and thank you so much for making us a part of your week and we'll talk again more next week my dolls You said pussy pussy. (laughs) No, it was really, it's grosser the more I think about it. Standard disclaimer. Always Never Write is in no way, shape, or form performed or produced by professional advice givers. We've just lived a lot. So if any of our life experiences prove useful, we're happy to share, especially if we can share in an entertaining way. But if you have serious problems, please see a therapist, doctor, psychiatrist, life coach, or someone who is actually trained to know what the hell they're doing when passing out advice. Also, please note that most names and the descriptions of many events have been modified to both make things more entertaining and to protect the innocent, the not-so-innocent, and the flat-out guiltiest sin assholes.